Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the T-Bone Speaks podcast. I am your wonderful host, T-Bone. And this week, I am cheating on Meredith and doing this alone. And that's because Meredith is out on vacation, and I wanted to make sure that we went ahead and got a recording done. So you're going to get just me this week. So if that is a turnoff, then I suggest you move on to your next podcast. But if you're even more excited, I suggest you listen in. So here's what we're going to do on this week's episode. Uh, I've gotten uh, quite a few questions uh, sent in to us. Uh, you know, remember one of the things we'd love for you to do is send us your questions, whether you do it through direct messages on uh, social media, whether you email me, whether you kind of put it in your comments. Send us your questions. You can go to asktbone.com if you'd like to send in your questions. And this week we've compiled several of our sleep apnea questions, and I'm going to be focused on uh, – walking through some of the common questions we've gotten on sleep apnea. And then uh, kind of uh, that's going to be our episode. Uh, So let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. So I'm back after that uh, quick cough clearing there. But uh, I think it's important to set a kind of basis of where we're coming from on sleep apnea. You know, I first started doing sleep apnea in 2007. It was a hot topic, 2008 actually, it was a hot topic at the time on the dental internet forums. There wasn't social media at the time. And everybody was succeeding with it. And I said, oh, my God, I got to do it. And so I jumped into sleep apnea with minimal training. I, you know, I did get some training. Uh, but I kind of was just listening to all the chatter on social, sorry, on the internet forums. And I kind of just jumped into it. And we had mild success. And mild success means we did 10, 15, maybe 20 devices within, you know, like an 18-month period. But we never picked up steam. We never had momentum. And then so it kind of just died away after about 2010. We really literally stopped doing it other than when I made myself a sleep device. And I'm not even sure we made any devices at all for four or five years. And then... uh in 2015 or 16, I heard a podcast with Aaron Elliott, and I said, you know what, I need to get back into the dental sleep medicine game. And we invited Aaron out to North Carolina to train our team, 
At the same time, we decided to go ahead and invite some other people to get training. And that really kind of jump-started getting back into sleep apnea. And then, you know, over the next six months, you know, I think a lot of it was a mindset issue, is that I really decided that I was going to not just copy what others were doing, but really found a way to make it fit within our practice. And that's where we really developed our four-step workflow. And for those of you that have listened to webinars or have listened to us talk about it before or even attended some of our sleep apnea training programs, our four steps are diagnosis, sorry, our four steps are awareness, diagnosis, financial, and then treatment. And the first question we get is, where do I find myself, where do you find yourself getting stuck in the four-step workflow when you started? And how did you overcome that? Well, if for me, I'm going to look back at two ways of looking at this. I'm going to look back at 2007-8 time period, and then I'm also going to look at the 2016 time period when we restarted sleep. And the first place I got stuck was before we even got into the workflow, and that was hoping and praying and depending on referrals, uh, referrals into the practice. Because so many people are out there talking about you should never treat sleep apnea unless they're referred by a sleep physician, all of these things. And I, frankly speaking, I, I don't necessarily believe that. I believe there are certain patients you shouldn't treat without coordination of care with a sleep physician. But I think there are quite a few patients where you can start the process. So I think the first time I was really dependent on referrals. Uh, I was waiting for referrals. I was letting them dictate it. And the referrals were also a hindrance on the out process as well. Because then I would refer patients out to get sleep studies and they would never show back up or they never even went to get those. So what we, what we advocate and teach now is that we want dentists to do screening within their practices, within their hygiene pool, and we want them to help their patients move forward with therapy from that part. And of course, it does include a sleep physician. But living in that medical model world where everything was dictated by the physician was a big hindrance in the very beginning. And that was probably the number one hiccup I had when we restarted was getting past that mindset. Now, when we get into our workflow, awareness. Awareness really falls a lot in the model that we teach on the hygienist um, and the front office. But I struggled with, in the beginning, getting hygienists on board with talking about sleep apnea. And I used to think about that it wasn't that they, I thought that they didn't believe in it or they thought it was a, you know, a money game for me. And really what it turned out to be is they weren't educated and they weren't comfortable talking to patients. And they especially weren't comfortable with when patients said no or gave pushback or when the patient said yes, they were confused about what to do next. And so what happened was, is people have a tendency, hygienists especially, but all people, have a tendency to do what's very comfortable to them. You know, from the moment they walk into hygiene school, they're taught to clean teeth, and that's what you do. And so when you bring in a new product like sleep apnea, then they have a tendency to hesitate to come converse with the patient because they don't want to look dumb in front of them in case the patient asks the question. Uh, and then they hesitate if the patient says yes because then they don't know exactly what to do. So what overcame that was simplifying it for a hygienist. And really, for me, that was a matter of saying, listen, I just want you to focus on four medical conditions that occur that are, have a high likelihood of, of patients having co-conditions of having sleep apnea. 
I want you to talk to them about the aware, you know, just make them aware. We scripted what these four things were and the conversation around those four things to help the patient understand why that could be related to sleep apnea. And then we wanted them to ask the patient to take a test. And then we made it very simple. There's two ways we can take a test in our office. One, in our state, you can uh, dispense the home sleep test here from within the practice, and you can walk out with it today. Or number two, we can refer you to a third-party service that will do it for you in the comfort of your own home. And so we made it very simple for them. And I think doing that, and of course, getting them educated, having them go through the programs with us, which is why we encourage a lot of dentists that come through our program to slowly but surely send their team members back to the program or to take the online version of the program. Uh, so if you're out there and you're like, hey, I want to get my team on board, then you know, consider our online program. It's the exact same program, but available in the online format where all of your team members can watch it. You can do it you know, a lunch break at a time as a group. There's lots of different ways of doing it. The other area that I really struggled with was leveraging medical insurance. In fact, I was so focused on medical insurance that it was a it wasn't it was like a dam. I mean it was it was it was like just holding the lake there. And stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, let's get back to this week's episode. It wasn't a speed bump. It was a dam because then... We would, I would talk about medical insurance so much to our team that they brought it up to the patients, and then the patients were like, oh, well, let me see what my medical insurance covers, and then you know, maybe it covers something, maybe it doesn't. And quite frankly, the truth is, is they don't really tell you what they cover or don't cover or how much it is. You've got to kind of figure that out with experience and having done enough cases. So that really became a hiccup for us. At the same time, it was also a positive for us because I chose to go in network with some of the medical insurances so that we could be available for patients. But allowing medical insurance to be a major talking point with patients really proved to be a hiccup the first year, year and a half, especially with my team members, especially because, you know, from the, from the 
department in terms of getting them referred over to our sleep champion, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But that really kind of put up a wall. And then our team members would say, well, you know, maybe your insurance covers all of it, and that's the worst thing you can possibly say. You know, just uh, all of those things, because really the answer is they should do something about this, whether the insurance covers it or not. Um, or the answer should be, you know, we're going to do our best to maximize benefits that you may have. The first step is let's get you tested, see what's going on, and then we can look into your medical benefits if that's necessary. You know, so those are the kind of the main areas was holding on to or expecting referrals, um, getting my hygiene and clinical team on the front end aboard to, to create awareness, and then leveraging or over-leveraging medical insurance to where it became a hiccup. Uh, and another point about medical insurance that just popped in my head, outsource this. You know, don't try to do this in your own office. I know it sounds easy, and I know sleep apnea, relative speaking, is one of the easier claims, but just outsource it. The medical insurance makes you jump through so many hoops, and just let a company do it that knows what they're doing, that has dedicated team members to it, and, and just let them do it. So that's kind of where I see where we got stuck the most in our four-step workflow, and quite frankly, most common areas that we're seeing uh, out there once people uh, can... Uh, complete our training, and kind of go from there. So question number two was, did you imagine being this successful? How did you know Liz would be the one uh, to be our sleep champion? And what advice would you give to offices that are looking for or can't find a sleep champion? Well, you know, look, the competitor in me wants to say we're not quite successful yet. Um, but generally speaking, we're probably in... Um, in the sleep world in the top 5-10% uh, of the number of uh, uh, sleep apnea cases we're doing annually. Certainly we're not anywhere close to what I think our potential is, but uh, I didn't really expect it to be this successful. I didn't expect it or anticipate it to really take a full-time person to do it, to reach that level. Um, but I'm very proud and pleased, and I think it's taken an entire village of people to make it happen. Uh, and, in the, you know, the follow-up question, how did I know Liz would be the one? I didn't. Um, in fact, uh, initially I had hired someone else uh, to be that person to lead our sleep program, and that person didn't have the flexibility to um, go with the flow of working through it and kind of trying my different ways. That person didn't have, you know, it was a very, very talented person, but that person didn't have, wasn't committed to me, in my opinion. Uh, wasn't committed to doing what it takes, staying late sometimes, having to, you know, kind of go back and forth. And Liz has been with me. She's my, at this point, she's my longest tenured team member. She's uh, at 13 or 14 years now. Uh, and she's been doing sleep dedicated for three to four years at this point. And, you know, the mistake I made was going outside. Um, I should have gone to Liz up front. Maybe it would have worked better. Maybe it would have worked worse. I don't know. But the reason I think Liz worked is because she had been with me for eight years at the point. She trusted me. She had seen us bring in new technology and work through the blumps and bumps, but to get it to a point where it was flowing smoothly, seen us bring in implant dentistry. She had a, we had a level of trust with each other that we had each other's back. Uh, that we weren't going to take advantage of each other, uh, that the hard work we had to put in in the beginning would pay off in, the, you know, 
after we got through those lumps and bumps. Uh, you know, so, so, you know, I'm a little bit lucky in that way. But there's a little bit more than luck. I, I really needed somebody that was going to go with the flow in terms of trusting me and going through all of that. Now, what advice would I give to offices that are trying to develop or find a champion? Uh, I wouldn't sugarcoat what the position is. Uh, it's a combination of front office and back office. It's nothing they've trained for in dental assisting school, a front office school, or hygiene school. Uh, it requires being a key contact point for uh, outside referrals, for patients, for laboratories, for other team members. They have to get along with people. They have to be able to, you know, really work with people. They have to understand that they are they are referred business. In other words, they're dependent on referrals, whether that's referrals from other physicians, other dentists, the hygienists within their practice. So you have to cultivate referral business. That means sometimes you have to go out to lunch with people that you're trying to attract to refer to. You. That also means sometimes you have to go to lunch with your hygienist to kind of keep them, you know, motivated to continue send you patients. So I think uh, that that is a very important part. They have to learn some nuances of medical insurance because you're going to have those conversations with patients. You know, they have to learn how to schedule people. They have to learn how to accept money and work through financial arrangements. They've got to learn all of these things. You know, and then, of course, there's a clinical component. They have to be able to take impressions and bites and, you know, deliver devices, which I, I personally think is the easier part of what we do, I think the harder part of it all is is the managing and leading people. Um, and I think that's important. So, you know, they have to have some competence in clinical care. They have to have some willingness or competence in the front office business side of working with medical insurance and working with coordinating uh, offices. And they gotta be organized because there's a lot going on. There's lab work, there's you know, prescriptions from physicians, there's third-party um, reading, there's, there's a lot going on. And I'm not trying to dissuade you from wanting to get into sleep apnea. I'm trying to set reasonable expectations for you about what it takes. And it's important to set those expectations with your team members. Now, the truth is, is I didn't set those expectations with Liz. And that's probably why my first person didn't work out the way Liz did, because Liz went with the punches. Because, frankly speaking, I didn't know. You don't know what, what's involved until you get to the end of the road, until you reach, quote-unquote, the mountaintop or whatever it may be. So, you know, looking back, I can tell you some of these things. Uh, but going back four years, I didn't mention any of these things to Liz. I just said, hey, we're doing this. It's important to me. I don't want to fail. And let's make sure we make this work. And let's work together. Um, and, and that's kind of that. Uh, kind of bringing into this next part of it, um, and I think, you know, <clears throat> the question is digital impressions. Is it important? Does it matter what brand you take? Okay. So look, I, I always say this because I firmly believe this. I don't believe this is the way you should do it, but I firmly believe this. You don't have to have any digital technologies to treat dental sleep, to do provide dental sleep medicine and have do therapy for sleep apnea. You can take algin impressions and pour your own models and mount them yourself and send them to the lab, or, or you could take digital impressions. You can have a CBCT or you cannot have a CBCT. It's totally up to you. Now, what I found as a big difference looking back from 2008 to looking to now was the troubles our team had when we were in the analog world with our, CB, sorry, with our sleep apnea impressions. 
because we had fit issues, we had things that were rubbing on the gums, we had devices that were tight, devices that weren't tight, and the devices were analog themselves at that point, and they'd have this metal reinforcement, and the bite wouldn't be exactly right, and all of these things. So that being said, and you know, when we restarted Sleep in 2016, we were a completely digital office, or pretty close to a completely digital office at that time, and we had the Omnicam, uh, which looking back is you know older technology, but good technology. Uh, and we were doing full arch digital impressions with the Omnicam, you know, at at a pretty good clip. Um, but then when we went to the Prime Scan, we noticed an even better difference. Uh, we've used the Itero to make sleep devices, and we also have the Medit. We've used the Medit 500 uh, to make sleep devices, and we just recently uh, got a Medit 700 into our practice, and it's a very nice scanner. Uh, and what I would tell anybody, if you have a Prime Scan, in my opinion, it's one of the best scanners out there. Um, it's a great dentist scanner. But I'm a big believer uh, that you should consider the Medit 700 if you want to expand your sleep department, if you want to bring it into the digital age, or if you want to give your team members the tools to do more modern dentistry and to get rid of some of the hesitations. Because look, when your patients hate you taking impressions because they're you know, traditional impressions, it doesn't make your team member want to do that. Nobody wants to be the person always doing something to somebody that they hate. So we've moved to a point where basically the only physical impressions we take in our practice are reline impressions for some of our full arch uh, work and some uh, more complex restorative cases where a particular lab that I work with doesn't do digital, but I like their work enough for specific cases. Uh, that we take traditional impressions in those situations. Other than that, we're pretty much all digital. Our night guards, our sleep devices, our implant guides, um, our whitening trays, you know, everything is all digital. In fact, we take digital impressions on new patients as our baseline records, but that's a different discussion for another day. And if you want to hear more about that, send us some questions about what you want to hear more about in terms of bringing that in and what that's meant and what the pitfalls and stuff are there. But so I recommend um, that you have a modern digital impression machine to take full arch sleep apnea impressions. The Prime Scan, the Medit 700, the Itero 5D, or the Three Shape uh, 3 and 4. You know, those would be the four cameras that I've experienced and seen people use. I'm sure there's other ones out there. I apologize if I didn't bring up your um, religious uh, impression material of choice, but uh, that's where we're at with that. Oh, a fun question. I, I quite, quite frankly disliked this question, but what are your top appliances and why? Number one, um, let me say a couple of things. Uh, I firmly believe in a digital uh, device perspective. I only use devices that are made digitally. Not on digital models, but made digitally. They're CAD designed, and they're either milled or printed uh, using digital technologies. And the reason I like that is for a, a couplefold. One, uh, they're made of great materials that seem to last longer. Uh, I've had my digital device for four years now, and it looks great. Okay, from four years ago. 
Number two, um, they're smaller and thinner because it's not powder liquid acrylic. Uh, it's a factory pure material, so they're able to be smaller. They look better. They don't look scary to your patients. Uh, number three, they fit phenomenally. We're just seeing so few remakes and, you know, fit issues and, you know, patients complaining that they're too tight or too loose. We're just seeing such good results. And along the same lines, they deliver fast, you know, because they fit so great. So which are my favorite devices and why? Um, so our go-to device uh, right now in our practice, which won't apply, so I want to make a disclaimer here, this won't apply to every practice out there. My go-to device is the OptiSleep made by CCAT. Now, <clears throat> I don't know why they continue to do this. This is something that you'll have to talk to them about, but I'm sure there's some politics involved um, and obviously good reasons. But to make an OptiSleep device, you have to have CCAT Air software to be able to send it to them. So that means you have to have a CCAT Air software, a CBCT, and a digital impression to be able to make the OptiSleep device. It's the device I use personally. It's a great device. It's nicely milled. It has uh, uh, plastic rods that don't stretch, uh, and, and it's a great device, okay? We've really been very pleased for many years with the OptiSleep. Uh, we've reached a um, point where we do enough volume that uh, financially it makes a lot of sense for me to use the OptiSleep as well, which is certainly a consideration uh, for me. I, I don't want to lie about that. I do pay for it, don't get me wrong. Uh, but we do have reached a, uh, a point where we have a lower fee uh, for that. My second device, and probably my most recommended device at this point, uh, would be uh, the Prosomnus Evo device. Uh, and it is a slightly flexible, milled, dorsal fin device. Uh, and we've recently started using this probably about eight months ago, nine months ago, somewhere in that ballpark, and have been super pleased with it. It is also very petite, very thin. Uh, one of the nice things about the dorsal fin is there's no potential stretching with it, with, uh, of the bands, uh, which we haven't seen with the OptiSleep, just for, just for clarification. Um, and it's a very nice device. The flexibility makes it fit nicely. They're able to not have to make it so tight. And with their previous Prosomnus device, you know, a very nice device, but one of the concerns we had or common issues we had is that it felt tight because the acrylic went into the embrasure space um, with its design. So with the Evo, we're not seeing that as well. So uh, for those starting out, for those in the digital world, it is also a digitally fabricated device. It's milled. Um, uh, that is my number one device of recommendation at this point in time. Uh, and all these things change. Uh, I want to be very clear about that. Um, the negative I see with the Prosomnus Evo is that it's expensive. Uh, it's uh, north of six, slightly north of six hundred dollars, um, which is, you know, quite frankly, a lot of money in my opinion. Uh, but they make a great device that saves on share time, and uh, quite frankly, all the other devices are pretty close to the same price anyway. Uh, so that's why we continue to use it. And frankly, we want to be committed to using great devices in our practice. Uh, the third device uh, that we have used in our practice is the Avant from Somnomed. It is a dual layer milled device. It has a hard outer layer with a nice flex material on the inside. Phenomenal fitting device. 
for our patients who have lots of dentistry, that we're worried about their old dentistry, like lots of crown, perioprost patients, that's our device of choice, is to go with the Avant. Because that flex lining is fantastic, it's very comfortable, and it works very nicely. Uh, the other advantage that I think the Avant has over some of the other devices with its strap design, uh, it does allow a lot of lateral movement so that the patients that have our heavy grinders, our side-to-side -side bruxers, uh, they have a tendency sometimes to feel that they're locked in with bands that are too tight or with uh, the dorsal fin devices that they don't have enough room to move side to side. So sometimes we move to the Avant in cases like that. Uh, the only negative with the Avant, and I've experienced it personally, we've had some patients uh, uh, make mention to it, is that their strap, their little bar thing they use, uh, does stretch over time. I think it's an area that, if they ask my opinion, they need to make some improvements on it. Um, because over time, I've seen my, my straps stretch almost a millimeter uh, or so, and that can be the difference between having good effectiveness and not quite as good effectiveness. So hopefully, Somnimed will figure out a solution to that uh, in the coming future. But other than that, it's a phenomenal device. A new one that we're starting to use and recommending is the Panthera. And Panthera has a traditional, it's, a, it's completely different from all the other ones which are milled devices. And Panthera is a, I believe it's some type of printing nylon. Uh, so some type of additive mechanism where they print in nylon. And so it's a white device compared to clear or pink. Pink is a vaunt, but it has uh, almost impossible to break. Uh, and it's a very nice device that has flexibility, that fits nicely. Um, they make two different versions with the Panthera. They make a version that has uh, the plastic rods on the side that don't stretch like the OptiSleep. Those ones have not stretched. And they also now make a dorsal fin version of the Panthera that has a dorsal fin. And one thing that's different in their dorsal fin compared to the Prosomnus dorsal fin the prosomnus dorsal fin is not changeable. You actually change um, the device itself as the patient wants to move forward, and they provide you three millimeters of forward movement in a case fee, uh, whereas the Panthera has a different mechanism that allows you to have a single device that moves the patient forwards and backwards. So those are the, you know, the main devices that we use and recommend. Again, I'm sure I've missed some out there, um, but I want to be very clear. All of these devices on the upper end of cost, they're in the five $600 ballpark range, um, but they are very sturdy, very proven devices uh, that uh, are fantastic. Last question. Uh, what do you envision for the future of your sleep department, and what will you do to achieve? I don't know what the future holds. Uh, you know, I, I know that we want more. You know, uh, I would like to see our department grow by another person. Um, I think I, there's part of me that thinks Liz wants to slow down a little bit, but there's also a part of me uh, that knows that Liz has some, I, I hate saying, I don't want to say it this way, but Liz has some shortcomings in herself. She's not the best person at getting out there and being, you know, the outgoing person to go out and do the marketing, but she's so good when she gets one-on-one, one-on-two -on -one, one -on or three with people. So good at that. Uh, you know, it was surprising to me, actually, how many comments we get from patients and how she's connected 
to patients. And also part of the challenge is when we're, we're moving into a realm where we're doing enough devices per month where getting out becomes problematic. But as, because I gotta be honest, that's problematic because Liz is not prioritizing and scheduling it. If she scheduled it, she'd go out and do it. Uh, and pro probably also, frankly speaking, is it's a long process to earn referrals. And you gotta go through the pain of going through that. It just takes time. But I think a uh, couple of areas that we can do better. Uh, we can earn more referrals from physicians because I do believe we have one of the best sleep workflows in, the mar in our market, in our area. Uh, we're very friendly to medical insurance and we provide great care and great products to our patients. Uh, and we don't let money get in the way. We try to work with our patients to get them a good result. Uh, another area that I think we can do better in or be more involved in is direct-to-consumer. We've done very little direct-to-consumer marketing with intention and purpose of building our sleep apnea department. So I think our potential is to double. I don't see any reason why we can't reach the 50 device ballpark uh, per month. Uh, I think that's very doable. I think to do it, we will need another person with slightly different skill sets, uh, but very similar skill sets. And we will need to invest some time and money into the marketing part of it. And part of the challenge for me in all of that is I've got to lead that because I've got to lead the charge. I've got to put the resources to it and I've got to keep on top of it to, to see it through. And that part has been hard for me because I'm, uh, frankly speaking, distracted by 3D dentists a lot because that is an area that I want to spend more time in and do more with because I do help, I, I do love working with other dentists and helping other dentists succeed. And frankly speaking, I probably love it more than uh, doing dentistry, but I still do dentistry because I got to pay the bills and uh, we have a practice and I want to take care of patients and I need a test bed to do some of the things that we're trying to get you guys to do. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed this episode uh, focused on sleep apnea and common questions that we've gotten. Uh, if you could send us additional questions, we kind of compile those. You can go to asktbone.com. You can visit us on social media. You can leave comments. You can call 855-332-2285. That's uh, our toll-free number to register for courses. But if you have questions, you can just call Meredith there. And if she's really good at what she does, she'll convince you to sign up for a course. So again, that number is 855-332-2285. Thank you, guys. Everybody for listening. Thank you for being a great listener. Thank you for raising the level of dentistry. If you could do me a couple of favors, uh, number one, uh, help spread our message uh, by leaving us reviews on iTunes and Google and telling other people about our podcast. We'd like to see, we're going to make a concerted effort in 2022 to double uh, listenership. And then the other thing that you can do is you can help let us help, help us help you uh, by continuing to attend 3D Dentists promote 3D dentists on social media when others are asking about where great training for implant programs are. Remember, we do live patient implant training here in the United States. We have a phenomenal, in my opinion, one of the very best implant training programs, uh, very best uh, sleep apnea training. But quite frankly, we're very good at almost all of the things that we do because if we're not, I, I want to cut it out. I don't want to be a part of something that's not as good as it can be. And most importantly, we're practicing dentists living in the real world, facing the same struggles that you do. We're here to help you and guide you 
to achieve your best possible for the, for the current term and really to help you see what's possible in the long term. So thanks again, and we'll see you back next week. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.